So our scripture this reading this morning is uh, Romans 14, 1 through 13, and 17 through 19, and it is believed this is the NIV version. So it's not, it's all right. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak only eats vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not, and the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another, and another considers every day alike. Each of them should never fully be convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as, a spe- as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this, is, for this very reason, Christ died and returned to live, that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Continuing on, verse 10. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before the Lord's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God, So then, each of us will give account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling blocks or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Y'all, I'm going to say a quick prayer in in for uh, Elizabeth as she comes up here. Heavenly Father, amazing day. Thank you that it's not 100 degrees outside. And Father, thank you for all these lay servants and all these lay speakers. And in a time of need, they're able to step up and preach your word. Father, give Elizabeth your words and your thoughts as she brings the message forward this morning. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. So a while back, Pastor, and by a while back, I mean Monday, because I started to work on this. I didn't know I was going to be doing it today. <laughs> so Monday, Pastor Laura and I were driving to Austin to go to a meeting to talk about money to a district committee. As you can imagine, I was planning to have a really exciting day. <laughs> and we were, we were driving along, and, and this was last Sunday, Pastor Laura preached on lamenting. And the Sunday before was Dee last Sunday, and I was telling her how I was kind of lamenting that Dee and Tiffany had decided to look for other positions and leave our church. 
And that was what was speaking to me. And she shared with me, you know, she felt the same way. And that she was also still lamenting Greg, Pastor Greg leaving years ago. And, and we were just sharing that and talking about that as we were driving to the meeting. And then suddenly I was overcome with this story. <laughs> and when I say suddenly I was overcome with this story, I mean, we were on one, st I was driving, so I really don't know how it came up. Uh, I tried to pay attention to the cars around me as opposed to the full, <laughs> full flowering of the conversation. And suddenly, as we're turning from one street to the other, I am violently erupting <laughs> a story about one of my old churches where I was hurt by the church. And she's like, where did that come from? And I was doing the same thing. I have no idea because I really thought I'd moved past all of that. It had been a decade ago. And Zeke and I have even been back to visit. I'm, I thought I was good. <laughs> and so we moved on with our conversation, went to the meeting. It was a good day. And I really didn't think about it again. But then I started having these crazy dreams. And I really love the way the spirit works because it prevents me from sleeping well, but that's okay. <laughs> and as I'm thinking through these crazy dreams, and it, it finally occurred to me that, you know, if I'm feeling this way from 10 years ago, and we've got all of this change in the church that possibly some of you are feeling the same way. And so that's what I'm wanting to share with you is some of this about how I'll miss, how I'll miss DG's prayers, Tiffany's loving the youth. I still miss Greg. And I love Jim and, and what he does. So it's not that I, 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 I wish Greg was back, but I miss him and it hurts me. But I also want to share you briefly my story with my old church because it, it, really helps define how we're hurt by churches and maybe what we can do about it. Uh, we'll see. It, it's how it worked for me because what works for me doesn't work for you. I, maybe, and maybe it does, I can just share with you my experience. In my old, so I've got to tell you my story and about the story. Let me tell you there are four sides to every story. In this story, it's my story. And of course, in this case, I'm the heroine. <laughs> There's also the point of view of the other side, which is the villain, of course. <laughs> and then there's the story that the reader reads, so everybody who sees as they pass by. And then there's the other story that we all probably neglect, and that's what God sees, because it's not necessarily what we all see as we're passing by. In this story, the leadership of the church and the board and the pastor, they were struggling with real issues of the church. This, why, why I was hurt was kind of a silly issue in the end. They were talking about moving the 8 o'clock service to 9.15. <laughs> Got it? <laughs> Some of you know that that's not a silly issue. I get it, because for us it wasn't a silly issue. Uh, however, how, how they did it was what hurt people. Because what they did was, they got up and one Sunday they made an announcement and they said, based on a survey you took a couple years ago, which none of us remembered and didn't say, would you like to get rid of the eight o'clock service? <laughs> they said, based on the results of the survey, you have all given us input and we are doing this next, you know, within the next couple of weeks. And at that eight o'clock service, there were about 
30 to 50. It wasn't a huge service, regular attenders. And they only had one other service, which was completely jam-packed at 10.15 or 10.30, and they were trying to use their resources to reach more people. That's their point of view. <laughs> How they implemented it was completely disregarding our feelings and not really giving us a voice and making us feel like we were part of it anymore. And I expressed my concerns to the pastor at the time, and he asked what, what they should do. And I, I said, you know, one of the things you need to do is just give the people a voice, a place where they can express how they feel. I mean, I see that it's the right decision for the church, but how you did it is what hurt people and what hurt me. Well, I didn't realize I probably, you know, church management versus change management in the, in, in outside of the church. You know, we get training on how to lead these kind of sessions where people get input and get to express their feelings. Um, pastors and church leadership don't necessarily have that training. And so I showed up at the, that town hall meeting, as we called it, and it started off calm at first, and they, again, the villains of this story, <laughs> were presenting their perspective, all of the data, all of the information. And even though I had said, you know, this really needs to be about listening to the people who were hurt, that's not what it was about. And so very shortly, the meeting turned into an extremely emotional, violent, <laughs> violent meeting. I was sitting down whenever I would speak. I never stood up. Some people were up and shaking their fists. One lady in the opposition, and I'm going to invade Pastor Laura's personal space, even though I was sitting down, she came up and talked to me like this and said that my feelings were wrong. <laughs> in front of, I mean, like in a setting like this, except not in church. We weren't officially in church. And at that point, I didn't see any way out for me. I mean, I could have gotten up and taken care of it, but that wasn't what I was supposed to do. <laughs> there was no indication that I would have had any real resistance in that fight. But so I just did all I could do and scoop my chair back and get up and walk out because I, I, didn't, I didn't know any positive way out. I didn't know any positive way out at all. And... You know, I think my mother and I had talked at the time, and the next week we were here, and, and we started going to church here, which for us, it worked out okay. I had some follow-up conversations with the pastor, and the pastor was my pastor who confirmed me, and he'd been my pastor for 20 years. And in that conversation, he said he had heard from people that I had been planning the walkout from the beginning. And if you know me, you know I'm capable of disruption, I get that. But you also know that I'm not about to play that kind of game in my life, in church, even in my work, in politically, I, I don't play those kind of games. And if you'd known me for 20 years, I would think you would have recognized that and you wouldn't have passed along the gossip or to judge me in that manner. And so, like I said, the next Sunday, we were here. And we walked in at a time where there was a different pastor. Pastor Laura wasn't here yet. We got to see Pastor David before he left. And he already kind of knew he was going to. It was the, the time where pastors know that they're at least available for movement to a different church. Whether they get moved or not, they don't know that yet. 
And so he was preaching about being hurt by a church and all of those things that come with a pastor transitioning. So it was great. We walked in. People were friendly. There was no judgment. And then the pastor was preaching about what I needed to hear at the time. And then Pastor Laura came in a few months later, and she started preaching about second chances. I was still healing from being hurt. And so I needed to hear what she was preaching about, second chances. And since then, I started volunteering. I've moved in, you know, and in my mind, I'm going, I'm never going to be caught up in a church where I'm going to let the politics or the thing, you know, whether it's 8.15. I mean, we start the next Sunday, and we're going to a 9.30 service. We were hurt by a decision to move from 8 o'clock to 9.15. I think some of you can see the irony in that. It's like, oh, we lost that anyway. Uh, But it was clear that God was calling us to be here because of the spirituality that I felt at Bee Creek, the second chance, all of the things that I hear from the music speak to my soul. Sometimes Pastor Laura's sermons do, and sometimes they don't. Some weeks that's not what I want to hear. But overall, I'm in a different place because of that experience that I went through. I'm in a different place because God was calling me to change, not necessarily to get mad, not necessarily to, to have, you know, get up and walk out, but where I was at, at that old church, I would tell you when I was here, that church hadn't fed me in a while. <laughs> and pastors always love it when you say, you're not feeding me. Because at one point, some of that responsibility is mine. Once I've been brought into the light, if I'm not, and I wasn't, I wasn't praying, I wasn't reading the Bible every day, I wasn't thinking positively about the other side of the issue. I was just thinking exactly where I was, which is, this is wrong and this hurts me. And I, how can you treat me that way? And so the flip side of that story is a decade later, that church, I looked on the website last night, that church still has an 8, eight o'clock service and one ten thirty service. Yes. <laughs> Some of you have grimaced. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, what's going on with the church is not right for that church. They needed to be able to reach more people. They needed to be able to reach out. So I've participated in basically hurting that church in some ways. Um, You can say I did or didn't, but I, I didn't necessarily speak. I didn't pray for them. I didn't pray for us. I didn't pray for that decision. I didn't, I couldn't possibly see how the people who were leading there were trying to do their job because their position was different than mine. I don't believe today that everybody who made that decision or that pastor are bad people. I believe they're probably just as imperfect as we are here at Bee Creek. And that's the problem with churches is they're built on, with imperfect people. And anyone who says they're not <laughs> is in denial because we're all imperfect and we all have our issues And we all have our pain points. And even today, even though I try my best not to get irritated or not to act out in anger, there's a couple people in this congregation who have come up to talk to me about a topic that is one of my personal button points. (laughs) And they've experienced me. I'm really good at setting up my boundaries. And so if you come inside that boundary, I'm going to push you out and it's going to be hard. And I've, in this case, I've prayed and followed up with them and apologize for my behavior and recognize that they weren't trying to hurt me. 
they were just trying to find out some information, and even though I can still cast them as a villain because their opinion is clearly incorrect. <laughs> Kidding. Um, it, we're all just trying to do our best to reach out and to connect with each other. And I've been hurt many times besides that, but that's just the biggest and best example of me being hurt by the church. The last time I was hurt by the church was at 6.46 this morning. <laughs> I'm just kidding. When Pastor Laura texted me and said, can you preach today? What? Because that was, I wasn't, I, I said I had an idea, but an idea is, I wasn't sermon ready. <laughs> and it's Veterans Day, and I'm preaching on a topic that has nothing to do with veterans. And yet, as I think, thought through it this morning, and, and we're up here singing, this is about joy, right? And I'm like, not exactly. It's about being hurt by the church. But it is about joy, because I've found joy, and you can find joy in the people that you go to church with, even when they make decisions that you don't like or do things that you don't like. And this does apply to veterans, because even though it's not specifically about being hurt at war or hurt returning to your country, the same kind of concepts are there. I was hurt, not physically, though he did push me down once playing basketball, but it was just once. <laughs> I was hurt by gossip. I was hurt by leadership insensitivity. I was hurt by mistreatment. I was rejected by my own church. And as a veteran, I can't even imagine sometimes how you feel those things, the judgment that I was getting from the other people that you get coming back from war when there are people who don't believe in war, when there are people who believe different things on just simple political issues who think it's your fault or just can't, can't internalize what that they're working through. And, and biblically, there are other ways you can be hurt by the church by false teaching. I've been fortunate. I don't believe I've ever been hurt by false teaching. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Having said that, if it's false teaching and I didn't catch it, I might not have noticed it. Um, but we always have to go back to what the Bible tells us to do. And I didn't, look up, didn't have time to look up verses for all of these, but I think you've heard it enough that we're told to love, love one another. So love one another, that that's, sounds good. I love you. I love you. I love you. And then right up to the time you asked me that question, what? I can't believe you said that to me. Why are you being such a, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Because we all have bad days. Yeah, I'm picking on Mike because he's a treasure. <laughs> He's never confronted me, don't worry. He's, um, but, you know, love is more than just saying I love you. Love means giving people a chance to be imperfect and to recognize that they could be having a bad day, they can have a different perspective than you. We can all look at the same set of data and get 14,000 different conclusions because I got, I got my own version of it, you've got your own version of it. But that doesn't mean, if I'm on the other side of the issue from you, that I'm bad, and it doesn't mean that you're bad. And so we've got to start with the position that we're going to love each other. Oh, my, the second one, forgive. <laughs> forgive. How can you forgive when they're still yelling at you? It's really hard to forgive when you're in the middle of someone coming up to you and wagging their finger at your face and telling you what you're feeling is wrong. Sorry, what I'm feeling is what I'm feeling. It's not... It may be wrong, 
<laughs> I haven't had time to assess that, but when you tell me what I'm feeling is wrong, in the middle of me feeling it, I don't really feel, I didn't get a lot of love and forgiveness that way, but I also didn't know how to give it in the middle of the attack. And, and it's hard to do. You gotta take a breath and go, I love them. If they're really sinning, I forgive them. It may not be their sin, it may be mine. It could be either way, but we don't know that right in the moment. Sometimes it's appropriate to confront. If I have a problem, let's, I'm gonna use Mike because he's always friendly to me and able to take it. <laughs> if I have a problem with Mike, I shouldn't tell pastor that I have a problem with Mike. And I shouldn't tell Tim that I have a problem with Mike. I should go talk to Mike about the problem with Mike. Now, I may be scared because Mike's a big guy. He could possibly take me if we had to get physical in it. <laughs> maybe. Six and one. So maybe I'm scared or maybe I don't like to confront. Maybe I, I, I need some support. Well, okay. Mike, I do need to bring someone with me, but I'm still talking to you directly. I'm not gonna go talk to other people about Mike. Sometimes I need to confront. But sometimes that com confrontation is only if you're intending to it to, for it to go well, if that, for you to work it out, for you to work through it. If the point of your confrontation is just to throw rocks, <laughs> it's not built in love and forgiveness. And so, so there are times when you do need to confront, and there are times you need to let go. I've also found myself over the years as a supervisor in different positions and different roles in companies, um, I hear things that other people have done, and I wanna confront, or that they've said about someone, and so maybe I'll go tell you what they said, and we really need to act on that, but if it's not really my issue, that's possibly just a form of gossip in the way that we sometimes do it. And so I've, I've tried to practice, <coughs> excuse me, where I, if someone's telling me about an issue, instead of taking up that flag for them, you know, suggest that they go talk to Mike themselves. And if they want me to go with them, I will, but it needs to be their voice and not me carrying on the voice because I'm carrying on and making up my own issues that don't necessarily represent what they had in the first place. And some other things, wait upon the Lord. <laughs> Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Patience, we hear about it, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's not the easiest one. And I've found that it's, if we wait upon the Lord, if we, if we pray and we just say, God, you've got this, I don't think this is mine. If it's mine, you'll make it clear to me. But right now, I'm letting you have it. I've found that I've had so much more power in being able to love and forgive if I turn that over to God and wait for him to give the right answer. Because you get the right answer. When it's time for you to act, it's really clear. If you're sitting there struggling about should I or shouldn't I, it's probably not time for you to act yet and you need to pray on it more. At least that's the way I've found for me. And of course, the last one, because I've said it a hundred times now, pray, 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 pray. Just keep praying because that gives you so much more power. Sometimes it's me that has to change. Sometimes, as I said, you know, some Sundays I'm not being fed. The message isn't for me. But if that's the case, then maybe there's something I'm supposed to do to help feed. Do I have to always be fed? Sometimes once I've gotten to the point where I've passed an issue, 
it's my job not to expect pastor to keep expanding that one issue over and over, so I'm always fed. It's my job to help feed others. And so we've got to look to, to that to help move past some of the hurt. Again, you may not be feeling the same hurt that I've felt, uh, but the hurt is not something that God calls us to do. He calls us to feel the joy. It's so, it's so amazing in the spirit for me. The songs of joy there that the, the band had picked out for a different sermon is just what I needed to hear. Because when you move past and you turn over to the pain to God, then you're filled with the joy that is left in the spirit. And so I encourage each of you to remember about that about your fellow people, whether you're a veteran or a person hurt by the church, to recognize that, that the people that you're dealing with are, are imperfect, or as imperfect as we all are, and to turn it over to God, and then sometimes he sends us things in ways that you don't expect, and sometimes it's through horses, because horses can't say things to mess it up, <laughs> like the rest of us can. So, sorry this is a little informal, but that's what I felt like I was supposed to share with you today. And I just encourage each of you to turn over your hurts to God and move forward and support each other. The Bible verse that, that Doug read really spoke to me. Except the one whose faith is weak, whether faith is weak or not, some of that's a little judgy for me. But without quarreling over disputable matters, 8 verses 9:15. Wow, what a condemnation. Is that a disputable matter? The disputable matter is something that would it's not core to your spiritual salvation. <laughs> is whether we attended 8 or 8:15 or 9:15 or 9:30. That's a disputable matter. But there was so much judgment on my part on the other side and the the whole question here he, he asks in that first part of Romans, who are you to judge someone else's servant? And so the minute I, I look to that verse, every time I feel judgment of someone, who am I to judge? I'm a servant of God. Everybody is a servant of God in my assumption. So I'm, it's not my place to judge. If we live, for the, we live for the Lord, if we die, we die for the Lord. So then why judge your brother or sister? Why treat them with contempt? We will all stand before ju God's judgment seat. And so I have to stop passing judgment on my old church. I have to let go of that. I have to stop passing judgment on the people who have left us here <laughs> because I want them back. I just need to be happy and supportive in where they've gone to and happy and supportive to those of us who are still here. And this is important to me because the, the kingdom of God, so this whole verse, was the whole chapter was about eating and drinking and talking about the foods. It's okay to eat whatever food you want. So I cut out some of those verses primarily because I haven't even had breakfast this morning. <laughs> but, uh, but the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let us make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. And so if you're hurt... Turn it over, reach out to people, let them help you. And if you're not hurt, reach out to someone. Help them and build them up and don't look for ways to tear them down. Ah, thank you. I'm gonna pray out if you don't mind. Dear God, thank you for today, for wherever we are and whatever we're feeling. Please lift us up and let us put aside the things that have hurt us 
and live together to your glory to help build each other up as we're called to do. I pray for Pastor Laura that you heal her and let her sickness be short. And I pray for all the veterans here today. Thank them for their service and also pray that you heal them from anything that they have left. Through your holy name, amen.